Let us pray. Father Lord, we have gathered before thy feet, O God. Speak through me, speak for me, and speak to the hearts of your people. O God, I am just a man. Take over, take charge in the name of Jesus. We come against any restrictions, we come against any hindrances, we come against any hurdles in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout Amen. A good assistant. The character of a good assistant. Who is an assistant? Who is an assistant? Are your notepads ready? Are your pens ready? Are you ready for the service? God of creation mm. There at the start Before the beginning of time An assistant is someone Who helps another person To do a job An assistant is somebody who helps another person to do a job. Have you helped or ever helped anyone to accomplish a task? You were doing the job of an assistant. An assistant is somebody who helps another person to do a job. Being an assistant is not a demeaning position. It doesn't make you lesser than you are. It doesn't make you smaller than you are. You are just helping another man, another woman to do his or her job. That is an assistant. Follow carefully. Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Understand that God only spoke to Moses. God bless you, Nanequia. And the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, the assignment was given to Moses alone. Follow carefully. But verse 13 of Exodus chapter 24, the Bible said, So Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua. Follow. Even though the task was given, to Moses alone, the task was assigned to Moses alone. He arose with his assistant, Joshua. Hmm. Hmm. 
An assistant is somebody that helps another person to do his or her job. And so God gave the task to Moses alone. But the Bible said when Moses arose the next morning, his his assistant Joshua also rose up with him. And Moses went up to the mountain of God. (laughs) An assistant is he who understands the duty of the person they are helping. They understand the importance of the duty of the person they are helping. They understand the weight of the job of the person that they are helping. An assistant understands the demands, the qualifications, the commitment that you need to lay down for the assignment that has been given to the person they are helping. An assistant understands. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua. And Moses went up to the mountain of God. Verse 14. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us. Listen, not wait here for me, but wait here for us. Until we come back to you An assistant can go further with you That even elders cannot go Assistants will go to places That even leaders will not go Assistants will enter through doors That leaders will not be permitted to enter Follow carefully The job was given to Moses alone, but because Joshua was his assistant, the Bible said, Moses told the elders, Moses told the leaders, wait here for us, not for me. The only reason Joshua was permitted to walk the path of Moses was because he was his assistant. When you are an assistant, you are standing in a very important position. People listen. When you decided to be a shepherd, when you decided to enroll as part of this shepherd's camp, you were signing the seal of being an assistant, the duty of being an assistant. Now, every human being at a point in time is an assistant. Even though when I come to prayer life, the Lord by his own mercies has made me the leader of this team. But when I go elsewhere, I am an assistant. At every point in time, a person is an assistant. Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and her are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Even Aaron, who was Moses' brother, was not permitted to join Moses to the mountain top. Why? Because Aaron was not an assistant, but Joshua was. Places where even your siblings might not be allowed to go with you, assistants will be granted the privilege of walking that path. 
That is how important an assistant is. When I come here, I am not an assistant. But when I go elsewhere, I am an assistant. You need to, you need to understand the place of an assistant. Being an assistant doesn't mean you are lesser or smaller or, or weaker. No, 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 no. Being an assistant is an office. Watch this. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I have given to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3. Every place that the soul of your feet will tread upon I, upon I have given you as I said to Moses. Now when Moses died, God gave the mantle to Joshua because Joshua was Moses' assistant. When the leader is not there anymore, the one that takes over is not a wife. The one that takes over is not a son. The one that takes over is not a sibling. But the one that takes over is an assistant. You can never take after a man. You can never take over from a man if you are not an assistant. Please understand. Understand? Being an assistant is an office. The only reason the 12 disciples were able to build the church of Jesus Christ was because Jesus, after he left, those people who were once his assistants were the right people to take over after him because he had trained them as assistants. And if you are going to walk the path of an assistant, you must learn to be a good assistant. There is, there is a character that every good assistant must have. So take me to First Kings chapter nineteen, verse twenty-one. So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his assistant. Hmm. The only reason Elisha was able to take after Elijah, was able to succeed Elijah, was because Elisha became an assistant to Elijah. Are you praying to get to the top? Are you praying that God opens doors for you? Are you praying that God takes you to higher heights? Are you praying that the Lord brings you to a place of power? Then you must first become an assistant. Even though I am the leader of this house, there are many different places that when I go, I am only an assistant. The character of a good assistant Number one An assistant Needs to understand The main duty That comes with personal service Point number one 
good assistant needs to understand the main duty that comes with personal service now let me explain mark chapter 3 verse 14 the main duty that comes with personal service hmm. some of you are assistants you've been assisting for a while now for a long time for years now but you are not good assistants because you do not know the character of a good assistant mark chapter 3 verse 14 post it for me then jesus appointed the twelve that they might be with him listen these are the two main duties of a good assistant number one to be with the one who has called you then jesus appointed the twelve number one that they might be with him that that is the first point the only reason god has placed you in the position of an assistant is for you to be with him who has called you that is the first point that is what many people do not understand how to be with the man of god god has assigned to them how to be with the spiritual father god has assigned to them how to be with the leader god has assigned to them the bible said jesus himself appointed the 12 that they might be with him Jesus did not call you for you to be with John the Baptist. Jesus did not call you for you to be with Elijah. Jesus did not call you for you to be with Elisha. Jesus did not call you for you to be with Jonah. Jesus called you so that you will be with Jesus. If you are training and going through this camp to be a shepherd of prayer life, then it means that you need to be with the leadership of prayer life. You ought to be with the leadership of prayer life. That is the first duty of a good assistant. Be with him. Be with your leader. Be with your shepherd. Be with your spiritual father. Stay with them. When God calls you, He doesn't send you. The only thing God demands from you when He calls you is for you to follow Him. Just follow Him. Just follow Him. He doesn't expect anything from you. He only needs you to follow Him. If you are going to be a shepherd of prayer life, the first thing you need to do is to be with us. Be with us. Be with us. Stand with us. Be with us. Be with us. That is the first duty of a good assistant. Even though Jesus promised them that I will make you fishers of men, that wasn't the first thing he did. The first thing he expected them to do was to be with him because until you have been with your leader long enough, you will never be prepared enough to be sent out there. You will never be prepared enough to become fishers of men. You will never be prepared enough to be out there preaching and doing the work of the ministry the first thing that is expected of you to do is to be with your leader be with him be with her be with him be with her be with him
young saints, young believers of today, they cannot be with a man of God. They cannot stay with a man of God. They cannot be with a man of God. And yet Jesus himself only required of the disciples to be with him. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. And this is the second thing And after they have been with him That he might send them out to preach Listen to me When God calls you He doesn't require a ministry from you The only thing he needs you to do Is to follow him After you have followed God enough Now the next thing he needs you to do Is to go out there to preach God will never call you to preach He will call you to be with him And after you have been with him And then you are fully prepared Then he will send you out Follow carefully Those of you your spiritual lives are not even in order and you are thinking of starting a ministry my friend you will die before your time you will die before your time be with your leader be with your master be with your spiritual father be with your mentor stay there when the time is right when the time is up when you are fully cooked you will be sent out there to preach stay with them Jesus appointed the twelve that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach. Until you have been with the Lord, you cannot be sent out to preach because you fail. You fail. The only guarantee that you have that you are going to be successful in your journey is how long you were with the Lord. How long you were with the Lord? How long you stayed with the Lord? So the the first thing, the first character of a good assistant is for the assistant to understand his or her main duty that comes with personal service. Be with him and then you'll be sent out there. Be in touch with your man of God. Be in touch with your spiritual father. One whole month, you have not heard from him, you have not heard from her, and you claim the person is your covering. Hey, are you sure? Do you know what it means to be with him? It is not a matter of proximity. Even if you are a thousand miles away, just stay connected, be in touch. Be in touch. Be with him, and then you will be sent out to preach. Second character a good assistant must learn to accept the personal choices of the man of God. Hmm. A good assistant, number two, must accept the personal choices of the man of God. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. 
And Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him. He called to him. He selected those that he himself wanted. And they came to him. <laughs> what is this? Jesus himself called to him those that he wanted. The Bible said when Paul saw Timothy, he wanted Timothy to be a part of his team. That is the personal choice of your leader, the personal choice of your man of God. Why is your man of God giving this position to this person? The man of God doesn't owe you an explanation. You need to accept it as a good assistant. Jesus did it. Jesus chose to himself those that he himself wanted. There is nothing you can do about it. And Jesus is going up the mountain to pray. And the Bible is saying he will call John, James and Peter. And he will tell the rest to remain there. And only tell these three to follow him. It is his personal choice. There is nothing you can do about it. Because God accepts it. That is the personal choice of the man of God. There is nothing you can do about it. There is no point to be bitter about it. When you, you become bitter about these things, it means that you do not have the character of a good assistant because it is not the responsibility of the man of God to explain to you why they do some things or they choose some people. They do not owe you an explanation. One day when you are a leader yourself one day when you are leading a group of people yourself you realize that you begin to have what we call personal choices and there is nothing you can do about it there is nothing your followers can do about it a good assistant must accept it james peter john just the three of you follow me the rest stay down there imagine how sad it was sound that jesus is going up the mountain to pray and he tells the rest of the people to stay back just for three of them to follow him it it might feel sad it might feel sad but that is not what matters what matters is you need to learn to accept the personal choices of your leader There are too many people in the church today who are better because of the personal choices of the man of God. The man of God chose this person to be in charge of the media team. The man of God chose that person to be in charge of this. The man of God doesn't owe you an explanation because he is your leader. He can do whatever he wants to do. His problem is with God, not you. You need to learn to accept the personal choices of the man of God. When he asks for your opinion, you give it. When he asks for your counsel, you give it. But you must learn to accept their personal choices. 
can you ask God why he decided to bless the next neighbor and not you can you ask God why he decided to give that person a breakthrough and not you can you ask God why he made that person pregnant and you are still not pregnant God doesn't owe you an explanation and that is the character of every man of God because we are in the nature of God we are not here to please men we are not here to explain ourselves to men it is our job to follow the will of the spirit you need to follow you need to accept it as a good assistant that is your character there is nothing you can do about it feeling better about it will not take you anywhere bitterness will only block off your wings and will keep you from flying i came to admonish somebody accept it and move on accept it and move on what is going on at the workplace accept it and and move on what is going on in that school accept it and move on even though you believe you were the right person for the job they did not choose you accept it and move on do not be better accept it and move on because the character of a good assistant is to accept the personal choices of the person who is leading them am i preaching there are too many sad people in the church there are too many sad people in this movement there are too many sad people with us because they feel left out they feel the papa didn't choose them they feel the man of God didn't choose them they feel they were the right people for the job but the man of God gave it to someone else but somebody moved away from data and accept the personal choice of your leader there is nothing you can do about it Somebody shout Jesus three times. on the same page are we on the same page number three the third character of a good assistant a good assistant must understand that every man of God has his own values <laughs> a good assistant must understand that every man of God has his own values. Listen, in this work of the ministry, you are going to do it under somebody. Even if you are in charge or the head of a ministry, you will still be doing it under somebody because the person who is in charge of the ministry also has a spiritual father over him. So, no matter what you do in this kingdom, you will always do it under somebody. So, you need to understand, every man of God has his personal or his own values. 
understand every man of God has his own values. When we talk about values, we are talking about principles or standards of behavior. Listen, this is why so many people are better in the church. Follow. Values are principles or standards of behavior. Whether you like it or not, every man of God has his own values. Am I here to preach about men of God? No. But to be in the ministry, you are definitely going to be under a man of God. That is how God has made it. I told you yesterday, let everybody sit under his own vine and his own faith. Everybody is under a man of God. And so you need to understand that every single man of God that you see on the surface of this earth has his own values, his own standards of behavior, has his own principles. Whether you like them or not, you need to know every man of God has them. If you are running away from your man of God because of his principles, then please, the next place you are going to, he also has his own. Let me start with the story of Jesus. Take me to Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus, of course, verse 52 and sent messengers before his face and as they went they entered a village of the samaritans to prepare for him verse 53 the bible said but they did not receive jesus thank you dear they did not receive jesus verse 53 they did not receive jesus but his face was set for the journey his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Verse 54. And when his disciples, after they rejected Jesus, when his disciples, James and John, they saw that Jesus has been rejected, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Why are they saying just as Elijah did? Because Elijah was a kind of leader. He was a different kind of man of God. Every single man of God is different. So James and John are asking, should we also follow the moral standards or the principles of Elijah and call fire to consume these people? Because that was the standard of Elijah. The Bible said Elijah beheaded the, the heads of about 200 prophets of Baal he beheaded them Elijah yes that was the kind of leader he was that was his personal values values are principles standards of behavior should we also command fire from heaven and consume these people because they have rejected Jesus they are asking, just as Elijah did, because Elijah was a different kind of leader. Verse 55. 
Watch what Jesus says. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. In other words, I don't know what kind of values that James and John, you two have. Because I, Jesus, I am different from Elijah. Just as I am different from John the Baptist. Just as I am different from Vincent Chematin. The things that Elijah did, Jesus also had different set of values. Even though Jesus did not condemn the values of Elijah, Jesus wanted to prove to them that he had a different set of values. Are we on the same page? Please listen. Those of you who complain about everything, Jesus knew that Elijah was a different kind of leader. John the Baptist was a different kind of leader. Abraham was a different kind of leader. Samson was a different kind of leader. And yet he never condemned any of them. The only thing he said was, was I do not know what manner of spirit you are of. I don't know. But the principles of Jesus, the values of Jesus were mercy. Forgiveness, mercy, forgiveness, mercy, forgiveness, mercy, forgiveness. No matter how bad you mess up, the values of Jesus was mercy and forgiveness. And so the Bible said Jesus met a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And when they brought her before Jesus, seeking to stone her to death, the Bible said Jesus turned away from them and he knelt on the ground. He began to write some things on the ground. And he said, any amongst you who have not sinned before, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible said, one one after the other, he turned and they walked away because they were all as guilty as the woman. And the Bible said, now Jesus turned to the woman and said, woman, know that your life has been spared today. Go back and sin no more because the value of Jesus was forgiveness and mercy. That was the character of Jesus. But listen, your man of God is not Jesus. But that was the character of Jesus. But your man of God was is not Jesus. Your man of God is not Jesus. But that was the character of Jesus. But your man of God is not Jesus. They have their personal values just as Jesus had his. My God, my God, I have a prayer for you that Dogash that you might have the values that are in accordance with the spirit of God you have the values that do not contradict with that of God I pray that you will adapt and accept the values that are higher than that of men that are higher than that of the Pharisees that are higher than that of the Sadducees but you will have the values in accordance with the spirit of God Shout yes. The character of a good assistant. Please. 
understand every man of God has a different value let me take you to 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 20 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 20 the Bible said of whom are Hymenos and Alexander whom Paul this is Paul speaking hmm. this is Paul speaking and Paul is saying Hymenos and Alexander I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme uh-huh. that was the kind of leader that Paul was even though the values of Jesus Christ were mercy and forgiveness Paul had a different set of values as for Paul he delivered his sons into the hands of Satan that Satan would do whatever he wants with them I'm telling you and Jesus will never condemn this because that is the kind of leader that Paul is are you following hmm. If you are going to be a good assistant, you need to understand the values of your man of God, the moral standards of your man of God, the principles of your man of God. You do not mess around. Paul said, two of my sons, I have delivered them into the hands of Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Do unto them whatever you wish to do. That was what Paul decided to do. And this is boldly written in the Bible. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 20. I delivered them into the hands of Satan. Do unto them as you wish. They are his sons. But he said, do unto them as you wish. If you are going to walk with a man of God, serve under a man of God, and be successful in your ministry, you must understand the values of your man of God. Paul said, I, Paul, I have delivered two of my sons into the hands of the devil. How sad it is. How sad it is. How sad it is. For Paul to say, as for these two boys, I have left them alone. I have left them be. Let me take you to 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 23. Another story of Elisha. Then Elisha went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. They were making fun of Elisha. You see, Elisha was bald headed. And the reason he was bald was because the load of Elijah was very heavy. Follow carefully. The luggages of Elijah, they were very heavy heavy so when Elisha was still an assistant of Elijah he was the one who was carrying his luggages on his head let me break it down for you so Elisha carried the luggages of Elijah for multiple years until Elijah was taken away that he was not an assistant anymore but he became the man in charge now because of the heavy luggage it affected his hair his hair became bald because of the heavy luggages he used to carry on his head 
Are we together? So when the young boys they were mocking him and they were teasing him, they were saying, Go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. The man became sorrowful, he became sad because the only reason he was bald headed was because he was carrying the luggages of his master. Being an assistant is a heavy job, it is a heavy job. It is a heavy job. You will lose something. In the case of Elisha, one of the things he lost was his hair. He lost physically. He lost his hair. He lost his hair. Because he carried luggages for years. Walking up and down. Those days they did not have 4x4. Those days they did not have all these cars we drive today. So they used to walk. And so all that time Elisha was the one carrying the luggages And so he became bald headed So when the young boys were teasing him They were not mocking him But they were mocking his service They were not mocking him But they were mocking his toil They were mocking his investments They were mocking his servanthood They were mocking his sacrifice They were mocking everything he has ever Invested in his master And so he became sad And angry when they said it There is a problem to pay to walk the path of an assistant. Listen, these days, the assistants we have, they want to serve in their comfort zones. They want to serve when they feel like serving. And they want to serve when things are okay. If you are like that, then you are a poor assistant. Because a good assistant learns and knows that no matter what is happening, they must serve. No matter what they are going through, they must serve. No matter what is coming their way, they must serve because they have come to a place of enlightenment. They have come to a place of understanding. They have come to a place where they have fully dwelled themselves and fitted themselves deep in the world that they know that the sacrifices they are rendering is not unto the man but unto God. And their reward is not going to come from the man but it is going to come from God. I don't know if I am speaking to assistants in the house. If you are here shout yes because by the reason of your shout there is a change by the reason of your shout there is a shift by the reason of your shout there is something that is happening deep within that from today you shall serve like never before you shall rule like never before you shall obey like never before you shall be humble like never before because you are developing the character of a good assistant I don't know if I am preaching to the to the church. I declare over you. I have a dream. By the time we are through, you will be better. By the time we are done, you will be greater. By the time we are through, you will be stronger. Because you have taken time to be a part of this shepherd's camp. Of this shepherd's camp. Somebody shout yes. There is a shaking. There is a shaking. In the name of Jesus. Shout Jesus three times.
Because of time, let me move on. Hmm. So, watch what Elisha did. The Bible said he turned around and looked at them. And see the kind of leader that Elisha was. The Bible said he pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And all of a sudden, two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 children. 42 children. 42. Not two. Not four. Not twelve. Not three. Not 15, but 42 children. He killed them all because they mocked his sacrifice. Are you following? That was one of the values of the leader called Elisha. If you are a follower of such a man, you need to understand the values of Elisha and be careful. Your work with him. Because if you mock his sacrifice, he will curse you to death. Elisha. 42 children he killed them all when you read the, the continuing verses the bible said he just turned away and walked away what a leader he turned away and walked away after killing 42 children he did not blink my god People understand the values of your own man of God. Know how to live with them. Know how to live with them. Maybe if your leader is like Jesus, he will show you mercy and forgiveness. But if your leader is like Paul, he might leave you in the hands of Satan. If your leader is like Elisha, he might leave you or pronounce a curse over you. I'm telling you. So you have to be careful. That is the reason me, I do not speak against men of God. I do not. I will not put myself in that position. Even though I am a man of God, I will not put myself in that position. Next point. The fourth character of a good assistant. A good assistant needs to accept that his man of God or his leader or her leader needs genuine friends. Let me tell you, like it or not, this ministry is a very lonely calling. This calling is a very lonely calling. I've heard people say the prophetic is a lonely calling, but I'm telling you, it's not just the prophetic that is lonely, every other calling is lonely. Hmm. After you are done blessing the lives of people, you'll be left alone. After you are done ministering to people, you'll be left alone. After you touch the lives of people, you will be left alone because this calling is a, is, is a lonely calling. Then not the Bible say, separate yourselves or behold, be ye separate. In order to be called means you need to separate yourselves. So calling, this calling is lonely. Mostly, you are by yourself. You are all alone. And so every man of God needs genuine friends. 
Jesus had friends. John chapter 11 verse 5. Jesus had friends. Their names were Lazarus, Martha and Mary. The Bible said when Jesus heard that Lazarus was dead. He cried because he loved him. Because he was his friend. If everybody around you is going to be a son or a daughter. You are going to be lonely for life. You need friends, people you can talk to, not as a man of God, but as a human being. You need people you can discuss things with, not as an anointed man, but as a normal human being. A man of God needs genuine friends. The Bible said in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 37, King David had a friend called Hushai, Hushai the Archite. King David, a whole king, he had a good friend called Hushai. Second Samuel 15:37. His son, King Solomon, had a good friend called Zabud. First Kings 4, verse 5. Every great man, every great woman, every great leader, every great man of God needs genuine friends, people you can trust. People you can rely on. People you can share things with. You see, that attitude that I do not need anybody. I can do it on my own. I do not need anybody. You won't go far. I am telling you. Take it from me. Even Jesus needed people. You are telling me you don't need anybody. You will not go far. You need a good friend in your life You need a reliable friend in your life You need people you can trust in your life You need a genuine friend in your life And a good assistant needs to accept that It's not when the friends come around You begin to act some way When friends come around You begin to act some way What is your problem? A good assistant needs to accept that the man of God needs good friends around him. Number five. The fifth character of a good assistant. A good assistant accepts the lowly duties of the job. A good assistant assess the lowly duties of their job. Sometimes we have to scrub, sometimes we have to sweep, sometimes we have to take and remove cobwebs, sometimes we have to carry water, sometimes we have to carry instruments, sometimes we need to walk in the dust, sometimes we need, we need, we need to cross gutters. The loading duties of the job, a good assistant must accept it. Sometimes we need to take Trotsky, we cannot afford an Uber. We need to take Trotsky. The loading duties of the job is part of the work. Sometimes we have to sleep in a Samway hotel, it's, it's, it's part of it. It is called the loading duties of the job. These days, Assistants are of offended when you give them the task of sweeping. Hey, 
You want to serve God. You don't want to sweep. Okay. You want to serve God. You don't want to clean dust. Wow. The lowly duties of the job. It is part of it. When we are carrying instruments, you need to carry it along with us. When we are walking, you need to walk with us. The lowly duties of the job. Whether you like it or not, it's part of the job. These days, we want things shepherd. We want things already prepared. We want things already set up. We want things. We want to be treated like the bosses. You see, it was that same character that made Judas betray Jesus. Shepherd things. And Judas will come. Why are we wasting this much perfume on the feet of Jesus when we could have sold it for money? Hey, Judas. Are you wiser than your master? Are you greater than your master? And a man comes to break an expensive fragrance on the feet of Jesus and wipes it off with her hair. And Judas, you are complaining. Hey! Boy. Is it your feet? Is it your fragrance? Is it your hair? Why are you complaining? The lowly duties of the job. And listen to me as a leader. You are not too big for any task. We tell you, welcome people into the auditorium and you are offended. Be part of the protocol, you are offended. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? The lonely duties of the job is also part of it. Without it, we cannot do it. The last supper happened in the upper room of a man's house and the dis- disciples of Jesus needed to clean the place and to prepare the place for the last supper. You don't want to clean. We cannot eat in the dust. We can't eat in the filth. The lowly duties of the job is also part of the job. You are not too big for any task. You are not too big for any task. Listen to me. In prayer life, we are not raising proud leaders. We are not raising arrogant leaders. We are raising leaders who are willing to do whatever it takes for the will of God to be fulfilled, for the glory of God to be seen, from cleaning to driving, from removing to scrubbing. We will do whatever it takes that the glory of God be seen. The sixth character. Avoid the dangers of being unspiritual around a spiritual person. There are very poor assistants these days who are around men of God. And they are very unspiritual. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 Luke chapter 10 verse 38 Now it's happened As they went As they went That Jesus entered A certain village And a certain woman named Martha Welcomed him into her house 
verse 39 and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word but Martha was distracted with much serving the physical part of the job Martha was distracted the physical part of the job she was distracted with this, the physical part of the job Jesus is teaching he is teaching and building people up Jesus is teaching and whilst he is teaching and preaching you are going to cook hey, you are going to serve food when your leader is preaching your leader is praying for people and you are supposed to be part of them and you are cooking you are serving food you are on spiritual and that is very dangerous Mary comes to complain sorry Martha comes to complain Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone therefore tell her to help me tell her to stop listening to the preaching to come and help me and watch what Jesus says Martha Martha you are worried and troubled about too many things you are concerned about too many things you are worried about too many things assistants of today are concerned about too many things when they are supposed to be focusing on the spiritual part of the job we are concerned about our relationships we are concerned about our academics we are concerned about everything but the word of god you are worried and troubled about too many things but only one thing is needed only one thing jesus says only one thing is needed and mary has chosen the good part the good part come and listen to the word of god it is the only thing that will empower you to deal with the troubles in the house it is the only thing that will empower you to deal with the situation you are in it is the only thing that will empower you to deal with the stress you are going through and yet you have chosen not to be a part of the good part but you are a part of the physical part and yet by worrying and troubling about those things will not get the problem solved Papa, I'm confused about this. Papa, I'm confused about that. Papa, my life is all, all in confusion. Come and listen to the word of God. You won't come. How can I help you? Jesus said there is only one thing that's needed. The word of God. When you have enough of the word in you, there is no problem you cannot deal with. There is no mess you can't deal with. There is no trouble you can't resolve. There is no problem you can't rise above. And yet, you choose to drown in sorrows. You choose to drown in these troubles. Mary has chosen the good part. But Martha has decided to serve food. Hmm. Seventh character. You need to accept the opportunity to become part of a new family. Accept the opportunity to become part of a new family. 
I know you have a family of your own. Yes, I do too. That is why Jesus calls the church one body. The very moment you enter into the kingdom of God, you have now joined a new family. That is not to say your old family doesn't matter anymore. Of course, your old family matters, but you must also spend time with your new family. Follow. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. While he was still speaking to the multitudes, behold, Jesus' own mother and his own brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. Verse 47. Then one said to him, Look, your mother, your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. Jesus' own mother. Verse 48. He answered them and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Ah, what is Jesus saying? Your mother now, the woman who gave birth to you, you are asking me who your mother is? The woman who gave birth to you. What are you saying? And the Bible said in verse 49, He stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, These ones are my mother and my brothers. That is to say, these ones are my new family. Listen. Jesus said, Anybody that chooses his wife over me is not worthy of me. Anybody that chooses his mother over me is not worthy of me. Anybody that chooses his father over me is not worthy of me. Why? Because you are failing to accept the opportunity to become a part of the new family. When you join prayer life as part of the family, you have joined a new family. Now your only concerns are not the concerns of your mother, the concerns of your uncle, your concerns of your siblings, the concerns of your father, the concerns of your grandmother. No, it's bigger than that. You need to also factor in the concerns of your church because the church is your new family. That is what Jesus is saying. His own mother, he told them, let them wait because I am with my new family. Those of you who are always complaining, my mother will not allow me, my father will not allow me, my destiny will not understand, my uncle will not understand, my grandmother will not this. Listen, you are failing to accept the opportunity to become part of a new family. When we are talking about patterns of the bloodline, what we mean is the 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 patterns that are part of your old family or your biological family one of the ways of breaking the pattern of your bloodline is joining the new family that is the body of christ now when you accept the opportunity to be a part of the new family it means that now your blood is no longer your surname but your blood is god is jesus are we together? If you are an assistant, you are always making excuses 
with your mom making excuses with your family there are a lot of people like you who made excuses in the bible with their family and jesus said for as long as you are unwilling to let go of your family to follow me you are unworthy of me the same things are happening today oh papa i wanted to come home but my mom you know my mom hmm, my mom you think the people who follow us they don't have challenges go and ask i'm telling you there were people who were in trouble because they came to Accra for i stand with god revival you think you are the only one going through it the bible said there are millions of people of brethren all over the world who are going through the same challenges as you why are you using yours as an excuse when they are rising above this this is why you are never being successful this is why you are never moving in life this is why you are never experiencing transformation because you are always making experiences with your family sorry making excuses with your family always making an excuse mind this mind that mind this mind that you are unworthy of jesus that is what he's saying he said whoever does the will of my father in heaven that person is my brother that person is my sister that person is my mother how many of us do the will of the father in heaven hear me many of you have been assistants in this house for a while but the greater percent percentage of you guys are very poor assistants very poor assistants very poor but i pray that this shepherd's come will make you realize something this shepherd's come will make you learn something new this shepherd's come will make you rise above your excuses you think we had it easy when we decided to do the work of god our own mothers despised us our own fathers despised us insulted us they said we're fools i'm telling you that is the reality Hear me. These are the seven things that I will give you concerning the character of a good assistant. let me just quickly brush through them number one understand that the main duty that comes with personal service is being with him being with your leader and then being sent out to do the work number two accept the personal choices of your man of god jesus did it 
understand that every man of God has his own values. Every man of God has his own principles. Every man of God has his own standards of behavior. Number four, understand. That your man of God needs genuine friends. True friends. Reliable friends. People that they can speak to. Number five. A good assistant accepts the lowly duties of their job. The lowly duties. The trivial jobs. It's part of the job. Number six. Avoid the dangers of being unspiritual around a spiritual person. When everybody is listening to the word of God, you are serving food. When everybody is praying, you are serving food. When everybody is doing something spiritual, you are doing something physical. Listen, that is dangerous. Last point. Accept the opportunity to become a part of your new family. Stop making excuses because of your old family. Because the church is your new family. The brethren is your new family. And Jesus said, he put his own mother and brothers on hold and said, These ones who are doing the will of my father in heaven, these ones are my new family. God bless you so much. This is the end of the second lesson. And please know that we are back here tomorrow for the third lesson. And tomorrow, I believe I'll be speaking on the laws of placement. The laws of placement. And tomorrow, I'll be making a lot of changes in the leadership. And I'll be changing a lot of tasks that I have assigned to people previously. Tomorrow, I'll make a lot of changes. So, get ready. But know that 12 a.m. we are back here for midnight vigil. Midnight vigil. One hour of breakthrough prayers. 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. Because of the midnight vigil, I have to close early so that I can rest a while and come back at 12 a.m. God bless you so much. See you tomorrow. Sorry, see you this midnight. Bye-bye. Only you could say